welcome to Evolution of Thoughts, a podcast that brings together different concepts to create new ideas. Now, here is your host, Michael Hounslow. Welcome to the first episode of Evolution of Thoughts. Today, we are chatting with visual communication specialist Haley Langsdorf from Thoughts Drawn Out, and we find out what a visual communication specialist is all about and where they can add value to your business. We also find a meaning in a quote from Star Wars in a segment that we call Jedi Mind Tricks. And I'll explain why we have a segment called Jedi Mind Tricks in the first place. Well, how exciting is this? A new podcast. I really wanted a way to share my ideas and have a chat with some interesting people to learn more about them and what they do. And I reckon that this is a great way to do that. The person that I'm having a chat to this week is Haley Langsdorf, as I mentioned earlier. And she's got a visual communications company called Thoughts Drawn Out. Today, we learn how she uses her artistic skills in the workplace to help with the storytelling and whether it's possible to help define a strategy discussion or to help people understand the change process. It's been a pretty busy week putting this new podcast together as well as a few other uh, projects I've got on the go. But I did manage to take the time out to get along to the Gabba to watch Australia take New Ze- on New Zealand in the cricket this week. The day started off with great promise but quickly turned into dis- disappointment as the rain came. It not only stopped the international players but also the Milo junior players from taking the g- game out into the middle. That's where it was disappointing for me because my six-year-old lad was one of those Milo cricketers that was going out there. I don't know if it was more disappointing for him or his dad uh, but we did make it up, with, up for it with some father and son time later on by going to the museum as well as having a cheeky ice cream. Speaking of touching father and son moments, I mentioned Jedi mind tricks earlier, and I thought I should explain what that's all about. A few months ago, I heard Dr. Jason Fox speak at a breakfast. Now, he's a very engaging speaker and knows his stuff around motivation and getting the best out of people. And one of his tricks is to create a theme for the year. His choosing one word theme is an alternative to your New Year's resolution. So rather than failing on the 8th of January and returning to your old habits, you have this one word or this one theme of the year that you can keep going back to to make sure you're on track and achieve those goals you wanted to at the start of the year. And mine for the next 12 months is Jedi. I want to strive towards worthy goals, show great discipline in what I do and look for improvement within myself. And if I can make people pay money to see me at Christmas, I'll take that as well. With this in mind, when I spoke to Hayley earlier, I asked her whether she had a word or a theme for the year. I definitely had a theme for uh, the year we're in now. Uh, My theme or my word for the year was true. Um, 2015 was definitely my year about tapping into uh, what I really feel I am all about and and being true to my talents um, and trying to remove some of the corporate guff um, and and be more genuine. That That was what 2015 was really all about. So speaking about removing the corporate guff, you've gone out and uh, created Thoughts Drawn Out, which is your own little um, business around visual communications. What's Thoughts Drawn Out all about? I have, yes. Uh, Thoughts Drawn Out is a, a, a project of passion, um, which is about uh, really tapping into um, some of the skills and things I love to do um, and using them to help teams and individuals and businesses uh, to really kind of tap into their story and tell their story in an interesting and visual way. So how does one become a visual communication specialist? I assume that you wouldn't see 
um, a visual communication specialist on seek.com all that often? Can't say I've ever seen it on seek. Uh, my background was as a communications professional, um, which, you know, when you study that and, and, and practice that in a corporate environment is very much about the written word, um, potentially putting still images with, with the written word. Over time of working with people, I found that uh, the more you can incorporate the practice of drawing and, and not just a still image but bring someone into the practice of creating an image, uh, the greater they connect with it. Um, so through years of kind of applying that, um, I think I'm kind of self-proclaimed visual communication specialist. With thoughts drawn out, what kind of stuff do you do? So when you're talking about your visual communications uh, techniques, is it around sending messages out or do you have what sort of other areas are you working with? I work in three main areas, uh, which I like to call graphic recording, visual facilitation and illustration. Uh, so the first of those, graphic recording, is about kind of attending events with people if they're having a conference or a workshop. Um, I'll be kind of a, a passive participant at the back or the side of the room, but I'm just listening to everything that's being said and everything that's going on, and I capture it visually on the wall as they go. So I'm pulling out key quotes, key themes that I capture as icons. So as the, the day progresses, the participants can look over, see the wall, and see pieces of themselves and what they've said represented in those key messages. Uh, taking that one step further with visual facilitation is uh, a similar kind of thing, but I'm also running the session. So I'll set teams up with with a bunch of questions and help them work through their story, how they're feeling about where they are, where they're going, and we capture it into a story map on the wall. That sounds like a, a much more difficult process. So it seems like you're doing not only what, what you're doing in the graphic, uh, graphical recording, but also adding that extra element of running running the show as well. It is. It's a, it's a lot to kind of um, to manage uh, in one go. Um, I guess the thing is that uh, you're creating the pictures together so that uh, your participants aren't looking for visual perfection. They're not looking for something polished and finished because um, they're, they're seeing pieces of what they've just said reflected back. And as long as they can see that, uh, the visuals are working. And the last bucket you were talking about was illustration. Um, is, is that really around sort of getting people to, you know, to, to draw some, uh, some rep- representations of what they're trying to achieve or, you know, what, what's the illustration about? It's very much about helping people uh, take a concept. They might have an idea, something they want to get across, but maybe, uh, you know, their key messages are, are currently in, in three A4 pages of dot points. Um, so it's kind of helping people work through distilling what their message is and then trying to show it on a page um, in a visual way that people can connect with. When I think communications, you know, the obvious thing that comes into to my mind is change as well. So, you know, the change in comms uh, term. The other thing that I've seen you do some some great work in is in the strategy space. What kind of audience are, are you doing more work in? Is it more the strategy, more the change in communications, a little bit of both, or is there something else that you, you've been delving in as well? A little bit of both. I think I can apply my skills in that kind of strategy upfront piece, working with stakeholders to kind of distill down what are they trying to achieve? Where are they trying to go? What's the story they're trying to tell? So I do a lot of work in that space. Um, but what the results of, of that end of the process are generally strategy. Um, you'll be talking in, if, if it's a transformational change project, you'll be talking about functions and structures and buckets of work. When it comes to the change end of, of that program, 
those are not the things that individuals connect with. So I can also use visual skills at that point to start to bring narrative in and tell stories um, and, and portray it in a way that people can connect to and feel that they are a part of that change rather than having it done to them. Um, if, if we just focus on the strategy uh, piece at the moment, so when you're going through that strategy process, um, and it's probably more the facilitation aspect because you, you're not really you're being more passive when you're doing the graphical recording. Do you think that um, you're able to um, to change the way that people think during the, those uh, those sessions and and maybe stimulate a bit of extra thinking uh, through that uh, the graphical representation? Uh, I suppose as opposed to you know the, your dot points or your you know your Rico clusters that kind of thing. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see my role as telling people what to think or how they should capture it, but I will try and help them to distill and refine what it is they're thinking or trying to get across. And I tend to do this from a really customer based design approach. So I'll try to challenge them to really think about who is your customer in this scenario? What is the problem you're trying to solve for them? If they were in the room here with you now, or hopefully they are in the room, what do they want? What are they thinking and feeling? And I'll, I'll try and help people distill and refine uh, through that kind of questioning process. So it's interesting how you how you say that you're bringing the customer into the into that um, part of the the conversation there, because some of the other work that you're doing around that that change and um, communications and change process, you're actually selling that message to the people themselves. And so it's. It's interesting how you're taking it from that um, the strategy and, and getting people to to think about the customer there, but then you're sort of flipping it on the on their head when you're going through the the communication stage. Is that a, a fair a fair analysis? Yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier though when when you've been designing with them in mind from the start. It's not a hard sell um, if they've been there. If you've been clear on what their problem is and what the solution is that's going to work for them, it's not hard to play it back to them in a way that they can connect with. So when we're talking about the change process, obviously what, we, what we're doing there is, is changing the environments from the way that people are working. And so we might be talking about structure or um, it may be, you, know, you might be going through a redundancy process or you know, it's, it's really bringing about um, a stressful situation for those people. And we want to, to get them on board and change their behaviours within uh, what they're doing. What's the best way to do that in the visual sense? Uh, I suppose what we're used to is um, seeing a lot of uh, notes and you know scripts for leaders to go through. How do we how do we flip that on its head when we're looking at the visual sense? There's a couple of different ways. Well, one thing that I I see a lot of power in is bringing people into creating the story for themselves in a way that makes sense. So it, you don't have to be a, a brilliant drawer to represent something on a page but invite someone to come in and add and edit and change your picture and add to it and hand them the pen and and point them to the page and say, what about this aren't you understanding? What would you like me to explain more? It takes a communication away from a, a two-point communication that can have tension and you, it gives a third focal point. Um, so it can be a really engaging way to bring people into a story. Um, so the other work that you've done in the past is around learning and development, and I know that you sort of brought your the visualization skills in there. But what excites you most around uh, the space around you know, lifting skills and capabilities? Uh, there's a real satisfaction in helping people identify what it is they want to do, and inspiring, motivating them, or giving them a channel to achieve it. Uh, sometimes people have, um, you know, they have the motivation, they don't have the know-how or, or vice versa. And and being able to, to come in, work really closely with people, 
um, to push them towards whatever that goal is, uh, there's a real sense of satisfaction in that. And the role of the leader within that whole process plays a big part of it. Uh, so you might be working with leaders to help develop those um, strategies or um, to, to look at how you're going to implement that. What, do you think that there is a great, um, I suppose, a great uh, level of skill within leadership in places that you've seen? That's a that's a tough question. I think the role of the leader um, is changing more now than it ever has previously. I think the role of leader stayed very static for a long time and the more I look into organisations now, I see it evolving um, with ways of work evolving, the way we communicate, the way we expect to be communicated with and the way we want to interact. I think leaders um, need to adapt how they lead. I'm seeing uh, the role of leader being very much around storytelling and, and painting a picture of where we're going and creating a safe space for their team to do that. Um, and, and I see that happen a lot in my workshops um, with a leader up at the board pointing at the visual that we're creating saying, see this bridge that we're using to cross this river, I'm going to help you here, here and here. And it's a really powerful way to, to kind of connect leaders with their teams. It, it's a it's a big shift from what traditional leadership has been about it's a, where it's been around, um, you know, promoting people who are good at their job and taking them to the next level, having that, that expertise in the field. It seems to be more around the, the people leadership these days. Um, and and, and when, when you're saying um, you're taking people on a journey and it's about storytelling, it's a completely different skill set, isn't it? Absolutely. I think the art of storytelling is a really underrated um, skill in organisations today and uh, leaders who invest in it see a lot of benefit in, in how they can motivate and, and drive outcomes in a team they can tap into that kind of sense of belonging. You tell a story that people feel a part of and, and they're there with you. They're in that tribe. Uh, you, you kind of paint the picture of the horizon that you're heading towards and, and they'll, they'll go on the journey with you. So one of the, the really interesting aspects of, around that is really to do that, to, tell, to take people on the, on the journey to, um, and, you know, with the storytelling is really understanding who your people are and being aware of how they react to you and, and how um, and how you actually behave in that environment. Awareness is a big part of that. Have you sort of dealt with um, taking people on that awareness journey, whether it's through your visual representations or through the, your learning and, and capabilities perspective? Yeah, kind of in all aspects. I, I think it all starts with self-awareness. Um, before you can... Uh, lead others or lead a business, you need to be able to lead yourself. And, and you've, it starts with the self-awareness of your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, that's kind of, it, that's core. Is there a way that we can really, from what you've seen and what you've experienced, that we can really um, push that awareness within um, within our leaders? And I know that you've, sort of, you've seen things from a corporate perspective and, then, and now you're within your um, thoughts drawn out, you're seeing other other areas that you may not have experienced before. How? What's the best way that we can uh, push that leadership change to, to be more aware of what's happening? We've got to create safe spaces for people to communicate without the corporate guff. You need to be able to have frank, real conversations and you need to be in a safe enough place that you can put yourself in that conversation. Um, and being able to capture and remember that in, in a way that um, is true to what that message was but you know, you, you, you capture something as beautiful as an honest communication in a visual and then you get to keep that visual as a reminder of those messages forever. 
um, it, it's a really powerful tool. You, you're referring back to the the true and the honest part of that, which relates back to your theme of the year, your word of the year. So it's really coming out in um, a lot of the parts of the things that you're doing and the way that you're talking, which is great. Uh, thank you very much, Haley, for your time today. Uh, I've got some great insights around that visual communication, and it really links into how we think as a um, as an organisation and, and how we can change the way that that people um, uh, accept change and, and change their behaviours as well. Before we uh, close off here, is there a way that people might be able to contact you if they want to catch up with you and, and learn a bit more about visual communication or, or get you on board? Yes, absolutely. You can find me uh, via my website, thoughtsdrawnout.com.au, um, also on Twitter, but you can find all of that from the website and I would love people to get in touch. Excellent. No worries, Haley. Thank you very much and I'll be speaking to you soon. Thank you. Jedi. Mind tricks. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. This famous quote of Yoda's is often repeated, and people will take away the obvious meaning. When you do something, don't go in half-heartedly. Do it at 100%. And yes, this is a great life hack from the little green Jedi Master. But I interpret it another way. I reckon it's saying to try is inviting failure, whereas do or do not is accepting that sometimes we can't. And that's okay as long as you go in and do it and you believe that you can do it. Of course, there is a last line of the scene that confirms that. I don't, I don't believe it. Nick, it's why you fail. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Haley earlier. I've seen her in action and she does some really great stuff. I have three takeout points from that discussion that I wanted to share with you. The first is that good leaders are good storytellers. In this changing world, leaders need to have the trust of their people. And if they're able to tell a good story in an engaging way, then they're a well-placed to have a high-performing team. The second is that leaders need to demonstrate awareness. A good leader will know how their team reacts in different situations and will know how they react to them as a leader. And this will help change the story as needed based on the mood of their people at the time and the different styles of the different people. Lastly, people enjoy a visual element. Not everyone, we all have our own styles, but communication tends to largely be either written or spoken. By adding that visual component, we're helping different people understand the story in a lot better way. So this brings us to the end of the first episode of Evolution of Thoughts. I hope that you've been able to evolve your thinking in some way. Now, this is a pilot episode, so if you want to hear a little bit more of this, jump into iTunes, leave a rating and a comment, and we'll see if we can get a few more interesting guests on board. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.